0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 421. A lot of people go on a cruise for the first time, but not a lot of people learn as much about cruising before they go on board as this week's guest. This week, our first-time Royal Caribbean Cruiser just went on Mariner of the Seas, and she had never been on a cruise, but had been working on Royal Caribbean blog.com for almost a year. So her first cruise was after learning a lot about the cruise. And this week, we're going to talk all about what it was like to compare and contrast learning all about a cruise before actually going on one. Here we go. When someone goes on their first Royal Caribbean cruise, there's a lot of things that go on in terms of planning and expectations and whatnot, but I think it's always a little bit different when you've got someone who's trying their first Royal Caribbean cruise but has actually done a lot of work learning about Royal Caribbean before they actually ever go on their first cruise. Certainly, I always advocate researching and learning about your cruise before you get on board. But in this particular scenario, we actually have somebody who was, quote-unquote, working in the space, learning about cruises, and then kind of then took her first cruise. It's kind of an interesting dichotomy, and we're going to talk about that today with our very good friend, Jenna. Jenna, welcome to the Royal Community Blog Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you, Matt.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Jenna, if you are unaware, uh, actually does our YouTube video editing. Uh, She's our chief editor. We're going to come up with a really cool title for you, Jenna, like uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Viceroy of YouTube editing or something like that.
1: Yes, that would be good.
0: And uh, when Jenna, when we've been, I've been working with Jenna for about a year now. And uh, when you uh, first started working, you had never been on a Royal Caribbean cruise, but you finally went on a cruise uh, for the first time on Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas, a four night sailing that I was on as well. So let's start before all this, Jenna. Let's go back about a year ago and you had never been on a cruise before. Why had you uh, never taken a cruise before? Was there any particular reason or just never got around to it?
1: No, I, there was no reason really. I grew up in Ohio, um, and I had you know a pretty big family, so we would usually just drive to the beach uh, for our summer vacation, or or go to various parts in the Midwest. Um, so I had never really thought about it too much. Um, I do have an aunt and uncle that live in Port Canaveral, so they always talked about going on cruises, and it always seemed really fun. I just never um, we never did that as our family vacation. So I guess uh, growing and being becoming an adult, it wasn't something I had thought about much.
0: Okay, so just hadn't gotten around to it, kind of thing, and uh, lo and behold, you get an opportunity to cruise. Now, again, what's makes this interesting is Jenna would edit the YouTube videos, and what that means basically is I would record the audio for the video, and I would talk about whatever, and Jenna would listen to it and piece them together. And I think that created, in in my opinion, it seemed like it would create a certain expectation or certain, uh, you know. Uh, observation, if you will, about what cruises are for you, having just simply edited them and certain bits of information kind of stuck with you. So, you know, going back to when you were leading up to this first cruise, what were your thoughts going into it? How prepared did you feel by virtue of the fact that you had essentially learned about Royal Caribbean through osmosis? You kind of just like, you know, absorbed a lot of information inadvertently.
1: Yeah, I actually felt pretty prepared for it. Uh, just because I had edited the videos for close to a year. Uh, and we do two videos a week. Well, now three with the Q&A lives, but two videos, usually about eight to 10 minutes long of about tips and different tricks with Royal Caribbean. So I, I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. However, a lot of my visual knowledge came from the video clips that we use that are provided by Royal Caribbean. So they're very marketing focused, you know, um, it's kind of what they want to show. So I was curious to see what the experience was actually like visually, not looking at the video footage from Royal Caribbean and seeing things with my own eyes.
0: Absolutely. And uh, this was a four night cruise mariner of the seas out of Port Canaveral. We went to Perfect Day, Cocoa Key, Nassau, and we had a sea day. Uh, let's start off with the embarkation process, kind of different. Something this is brand new for a lot of folks, including yourself, of course, with the pre-cruise testing uh, the check-in times, uh, what was your experience like uh, with with check-in? How did you, what, what did you think about that whole process essentially from leading all the way up until you actually stepped on board the ship?
1: Right, um, the check-in process was fairly easy. I had a couple technical problems with the Royal Caribbean app, which um, I was trying to figure out, but uh, I scheduled the COVID test ahead of time, which was easy then, but now I think it's more in demand. So uh, you might want to try to schedule your COVID test even more in the future than you think you have to. Um, and then I got to the cruise terminal and I had a pass card for my sister or the, the set sail. What's the boarding pass called?
0: Set sail pass. Yep.
1: The set sail pass. Yeah. I had it for my sister, but it wouldn't show up for me. So I had to kind of ask them why. And I had a couple of technical problems, but other than that, it was really easy. You know, you did the little wellness check at the terminal and then you pretty much immediately boarded the ship. They gave you a wristband uh, if you're vaccinated and then a tracelet for contact tracing.
0: Yep. And uh, I forgot, to, I neglected to mention that your sister was with you on board as well. So that did help, you know, kind of have somebody else there. And again, someone else who's brand new to cruising and, uh, right. and, and uh, she knew,
1: she knew nothing before I knew, I knew more because <laughs> I, I've done the videos, but she didn't know anything.
0: Okay. That's good. I mean, that, that almost, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how you were kind of like, you know, have a little, a little edge on her in terms of her, of knowledge about what to expect, right. even though both of you have been on the exact same amount of cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to your, let's talk about your stateroom. You had a balcony room. What'd you think about it? Was it, was it what you thought in terms of size amenities? What were your, were your thoughts on all that?
1: Yeah, I, I loved the balcony room. I thought it was great. Um, size wise, I, I think it's pretty standard. I'm not too picky about anything really in particular. So it was good for me. There was a couch there, a desk area and the bed. Um, And I really liked going on the balcony. I wasn't on it too much just because we were doing so many things throughout the cruise, but we did get room service one morning and had it on the balcony. And that was really nice. So overall, I I liked the the room.
0: What were your thoughts on the uh, stateroom attendant? How that that all went? Because I'm just curious, again, there isn't really anything like that on land where you've got somebody who comes to your room twice a day and you know sets your uh you know fixes your room essentially twice and it's a lot more personal when you stay in a hotel even when they come once a day it's pretty rare you ever see the person and or have any kind of conversations with them but talk to me about what your how that all went and and kind of how that did it meet your expectations and kind of um what you thought about that whole process
1: yeah um i was actually surprised i didn't know that they, um, cause we got a knock on the door a little bit after arriving and our state room attendant, she introduced herself. Uh, she was actually from Brazil and I speak some Portuguese. So we were talking a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, the room was really clean. I didn't see her too much because we were pretty much in and out of that room rushing around the ship the whole time. Uh, but I thought it was a nice, nice touch and I had a lot of camera equipment everywhere. So she was able to, you know, fix up the room and make it nice, even though there was a lot of equipment around.
0: Absolutely. Wow, no, that that makes sense. Um, so, Mariner of the Seas, obviously a, a great ship. I've been on there so many times; I've lost count already at this point. Uh, what do you think about the ship? Uh, I know we talked about this when we were on board. I was I was kind of curious. You know, it's when you see things that are only in photos or video, in this case. You know, it, I don't think the scale is ever hard, is easy to to, to grasp. So, um, what do you think of the ship in terms of its size? Was it what you expected? What was uh what stood out to you about Mariner of the Seas the most?
1: Right. Um, So I had seen a lot of Mariner of the Seas aerial footage from the drone that Royal Caribbean has. So, But you can't really get the true scale size just from looking at that. So um, I was pretty impressed by the size. I have no expectations from previous cruise ships or anything, but I really couldn't believe that all of that could fit on a ship and it could still float. Um, (laughs) So I really liked it. I thought there were a lot of activities for kids and adults um, and all the different venues on board. Like the ice skating show and even like the helicopter pad in the front there were just so many areas to explore i i thought that four days maybe wasn't enough maybe one more sea day and we would have fully kind of seen and experienced all of the ship but i was pretty impressed by the size of it
0: if you uh if you could magically transport yourself to one place on the ship right now um and spend an hour there where would you want to go
1: um Ooh, I don't know. Um, I really liked the hammocks on the sports deck area mm. by the the sky climber, um, and I also just liked being on deck twelve, which is the deck right above the pools, because yep. uh, there's that track there that you can walk around and and look at the water everywhere. But I also really liked the helipad too, just because you could see the ship from the front.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, well, that makes total sense. You know, uh, I I think Jenna, uh, you've become indoctrinated in the uh, cruising is about eating uh, <laughs> club because we did oh a lot. Gosh. We did a lot of eating on board this <laughs> ab- aboard this cruise.
1: Yes. I don't know if I've ever eaten so much in four days before, but it was it was <laughs> worth it. It was really good.
0: Talk to me about the food on board. We did a combination of complimentary. Uh, you obviously had some meals in mm-hmm. the Windjamere. You went to the main dining room. Uh, we mm-hmm. had a lot of specialty dining on board. So what yeah. were your thoughts on on all that?
1: Yeah. Well, going on the cruise, I originally thought maybe I would do one meal at a specialty restaurant and then the main dining room for all the other dinners. But we ended up with an insane amount of onboard credit. So we had to spend it, you know? <laughs> so we got to try out Playmakers, Jamie's Italian, uh, Izumi and Chops Grill. And then we also had the main dining room and the Windjammer. So I, I really enjoyed the long dinners, you know, three or four course meals, because I think it that's not very common on land or in, in our daily life. Yeah. in the States. So I, I liked being able to talk and chat and try all of the different courses out. Um, I really liked the Windjammer too. I went there a couple of times for breakfast and for lunch, specifically the Indian station, I thought was really delicious, mm-hmm. <laughs> super good. Um, and yeah, we, I guess we only ended up eating at the main dining room once, so I can't truly comment on, on it, but I, I really enjoyed what I had uh, for the one meal, but on my next sailing, I'll try to eat there more so I can have a better picture of it.
0: Yeah, there's obviously a lot of dining options. And by the way, Jenna alluded to something that I think is just a good tip. Um, We got a lot of onboard credits. Not because Jenna and I booked a cruise with like some amazing offer. Uh, Royal Caribbean is currently running, uh, as part of their Cruise with Confidence program, their best price guarantee. And essentially, you can reprice your cruise all the way up until final payment date. And thanks to a lot of price drops between when we booked and our actual cruise date, we ended up each with about $400 of onboard credit, which was... Which is a lot of money on a Fortnite cruise to spend. Right. <laughs> and uh it was it it went to a good cause. So let's put it that way. We certainly made good use yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um so let, let me ask you this. Of the I I we've gone through this exercise uh in person, but for the sake of the podcast, we'll do it again. Uh I'd like you to rank, Jenna, the specialty restaurants that you dined at in order of preference from one to I think four. You,
1: oh no, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking this would be a good blog post, but then I realized I couldn't rank them all because they're so different. Um, let's see. I don't know. They're all just so like completely different cuisines, right? Yeah. So it's it's quite hard. I, I love Italian food. So I really liked the fresh pasta at Jamie's, but I also really liked how fresh and kind of seemingly healthier. All of the food was at a Um And then, I mean, Playmakers, you can't beat a beer with nachos. Mm. And then Chops is just good for a more like fancy meal. Um, so I don't know. I guess if I had to pick one to go back to, um, maybe Jamie's or Azumi <laughs> <Zoomie>. or Playmakers, <laughs> or, Playmakers. <laughs> or Chops.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there are a lot of good options there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy but uh it is a lot of good food there there's no doubt about mm-hmm. that um now we, you uh, we went to of course to perfect day at cocoa key and I think you were equally excited to visit the the uh private island because of course uh there there's a lot that's there and there's a lot mm-hmm. of attention that royal Korean places on perfect day at cocoa key so what what were your thoughts there in terms of you know um you spent a little time in Nassau which I wouldn't characterize that as like a traditional port because you the weather was not so cooperative there and you yeah. I had a little bit of time but you you're you're kind of a world traveler. You've been around uh, a number of places. Mm-hmm. I know you from, from a personal standpoint. So you know how, how does Perfect Day key stack up for you? How did you what did you think about the island and and the experience?
1: Oh, I thought it was pretty perfect. Um, <laughs> I I think you know it's not a cultural experience. It's not like you're going to see a local culture somewhere. But you're on vacation. It's it's a perfect vacation spot. Really relaxing. You don't really have to think about anything. Uh, you don't have to navigate around a port area or a city that you're not familiar with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tropical paradise, essentially. There's maps everywhere and shuttles to get you around. And there's a ton of free stuff to do on the island, too, like the Oasis Lagoon or all of the different beaches around. Um, and then the Cocoa Beach Club, which we were able to check out, is a great experience, too, in addition to all of the free activities. Uh, I'd say t- not necessary, though. There's so many things you could do on the island with no extra cost. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going back. Um, it was, yeah, just a stress-free, really enjoyable day.
0: Yeah, that's a good way, but stress-free, relaxing day, right? It's just the, yeah. it's, it's just a great place to like spend the day and kind of hang out at and, and, mm-hmm. and enjoy that kind of, uh, a thing. So that's awesome. Um, the, you know, we, we, I mentioned we went to Nassau, but again, you kind of, the weather was a little dicey there. So you had to cut your plan short a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Nassau, it's still kind of opening up after the industry shut down. So it's a little quiet. But yeah. maybe that was just because we got off pretty early in the morning.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you've got that, you know, getting back on board the Mariner of the Seas. Uh, the evening is, I think, a big part of what you do on a cruise ship, right? Because that's there's evening. We talked about the dining aspect, but there's entertainment. There's bars. There's lounges. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's the uh, I mean, you can go to the gym. You actually you went to the fitness center a couple of times and, yeah. uh, you know, check that out. So. You know what stood out to you? What were your favorite things to do on the ship uh, after dinner, or you know, in the evening time? Let's let's say.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, when we weren't at a three-hour meal that (laughs) encompassed the whole evening, um, I I really liked going to the shows, particularly the ice skating show. I I would have gone again, probably. I just ran out of time. Um, So I liked doing that. I liked going up to Ellington's lounge. Uh, It has a nice view of the pool deck and they would sometimes have music going and it was just a nice area to people watch from, from above. Um, what else? Let's see. Just kind of walking around. I liked walking on the track of the pool deck and hanging out in the Royal Promenade was always fun. So, yeah, I guess most evenings we were maybe at dinner, but the, the ones that we weren't, I was doing those things.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm going to link to an article that Jenna has written already about the things that you learned from being on a Royal Caribbean cruise. And there mm-hmm. were a couple here that I wanted to, to talk about. Well, number one is the crew members. And this kind of was a pleasant surprise about how friendly they were.
1: Yeah. So I've never been in any kind of all-inclusive vacation. I've just never done that. So maybe this is the case in all of those areas but uh, I was extremely surprised by how friendly everyone was they pretty much all recognized me by the second day which may have been because I was carrying around a giant camera <laughs> but um, I, they would just talk to me or if I I brought my laptop down to the cafe promenade one day to get some work done and they would come and chat with me and uh, were just curious to what I was doing so that was really nice uh, yeah all the crew members were fantastic
0: yeah um, something else that I was kind of interested by was the fact that you really like the sea day.
1: Yeah. I, I love water, like being out in the water. Uh, I've done some small day trips on like smaller boats, but never completely out in the open like that. It was always more near shore. So I really enjoy just watching the water around me. I think that's just beautiful to look at, look at the scene around you and you could do, you weren't in a rush. So I woke up and I wasn't rushing to get out of the boat to go explore. We kind of could just take it easy and like finally more have time to enjoy the the pool and the the other areas around the ship without being tired from port or being gone all day.
0: Yeah. Uh, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, your thoughts on the ever debatable drink package and uh, you did not get a drink package, this particular cruise. And uh, you wrote about that. You kind of, you, you kind of, Thought about, you know, the, the both sides of the coin, essentially, but you kind of decide, are you basically, th- you think your team no drink package or team drink package or haven't really made um, a firm decision yet?
1: I think it probably depends on the scenario that I'm in. So on this cruise, we had the onboard credit, so I I knew I could, like, get drinks pretty much whenever I wanted, that was one factor. But also I was doing some work, so I, I couldn't <laughs> be drinking all day or else I might not be able to operate my camera. So, <laughs> um, so I did not purchase one. However, if I were strictly on vacation and I just wanted to relax with a drink in hand all day, I, I see the benefit in doing it. Um, so, but in this scenario, it didn't really make sense for me.
0: Fantastic. Well, it's, it, I mean, it sounds like you had a good time. It looked like you had a good time. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed your first cruise because it's uh, this is a very addictive hobby or, or wave to vacation right. at, that only uh, <laughs> descends from here. So welcome to the club. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on some more cruises going forward.
1: Yes, hopefully.
0: All right, we've got time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I dip into the Royal Caribbean blog podcast inbox and answer the questions you have sent me. If you want to send me an email, you can do so by sending to Matt at RoyalCremeblog.com. Matt M A T T at com. Our first email this week comes to us from Peter who writes Hey Matt, you rule thanks to the podcast. We're seasoned cruisers, but embarking on a new approach. We just changed our balcony stateroom on the Thanksgiving sailing of Adventure of the Seas out of Galveston to adjoining interior staterooms. This is a first for us. Thanks for the input from this podcast. Our kids will be 9 and 11 at the time of the sailing, a brother and sister duo who are more than tired of sharing vacation beds. Since all of our sailings at this point have been four of us shoehorned into a conventional balcony room, what might we be not thinking about as we look ahead to life in two rooms? All the best Peter. Peter, thanks for the email. First of all, this is a great tip for any families out there. Stop sharing your room on a cruise. I mean, you can, but I don't recommend it. I mean, you love your family, you love your kids, but sleeping in the same room as your kids is like the far from ideal. I won't say the worst possible thing, but it's not what you should be doing. Booking two connecting rooms. Uh, can sometimes be not that much more money, if actually less money, than booking one room. In fact, if you go from uh, two balconies to two connecting interiors, as an example, more often than not, it's actually cheaper than you think. So anyway, that's the the moral of the story here for Peter. But what is he not thinking about? Number one, you're going to have an extra bathroom. So, uh, you know, that means uh, I think obviously you want to bring your kids toiletries and shampoos that they prefer versus what you and your wife might prefer. That's probably the most important thing right there. Number two is something that you can't actually do on an Adventure of the Seas, but something for food for thought for later on when you're on a different ship, and that is to ask for the balcony dividers to be removed from your stateroom by your stateroom attendant, I should say. Uh, on Adventure, you can't do it; it's actually physically not possible. But on most other ships, you can have the balcony dividers opened up. So that'd be number two. Number three, uh, because your kids don't want to share a bed, you probably should let them know. Uh, you can do this in the before the cruise in your reservation, but. Not a big deal if you forget to do it later on. Uh, separate the beds, basically. Again, your serotonin can do that on the fly, but something to, you know, save a potential... I can't believe we am sleeping sleep in the same bed! Like, that kind of a fight when you get on board the ship. I've been there. It's like, no, relax. We gotta tell them about that. Uh, that's number two. Um, the other thing you might want to consider also is a... And again, your kids are, are not quite little kids. They're 9 and 11. You know, how you feel about leaving them behind in the room. Some families will prefer to you know, have uh, purchased the internet package so you can text each other. You might want to do the whiteboard. I think the whiteboard thing works better for older kids, but, you know, something along those lines. But otherwise, it's pretty much the same experience. It's just like having like your mini suite. You've got a separation from them. So enjoy it. You're going to love it, Peter. I think they are, they are as well. It's really, really helpful, especially like in the mornings. Like if you're an early riser and they want to sleep in, you want to get coffee, you're not going to wake them up or less likely to wake them up anyway by leaving the room. So definitely a good good strategy right there. You had uh, a Matt seal of approval right there. Our next question today comes from Israel C who writes, I was looking through the Royal Caribbean blog, but didn't find anything directly. Do you recommend any specific travel insurance that has COVID coverage as part of it? We're coming to Orlando to go on a Harmony of the Seas cruise January 23rd. We arrive on the 19th to do a little bit of a Walt Disney World uh, uh, from the 19th to 22nd. Our nightmare scenario is on the prior COVID test. We're both vaccinated. One of us has positive we can't go on the cruise, but uh, are in Orlando till the 30th. We have the Royal Caribbean insurance. We probably need something for the four days beforehand. Any suggestions on the easiest way to take the COVID test? For the most of those of us, don't plan to rent a car. Seems as if it would be weird to Uber to a COVID test. Uh, thanks to the email. I would say, no, I don't think it's that weird to, to Uber to a COVID test. I think a lot of people do that anyway. Um, but the thing that I think a lot of people are really picking up on, and I did a review of it at realcrummyblog.com, and that is the at-home test. There's an Abbott test that you can take. It's by Abbott, the company's name Abbott. Emed.com sells them. Uh, they're very easy to do. You can do them from your hotel room. Uh, that would not require you to do a... A Uber uh, drive as well, not to mention the fact you wouldn't be potentially exposing yourself to COVID. Like, if you're going to like a place like CVS or any pharmacy or doctor's office, right? I mean, you're potentially going somewhere where there's known COVID cases, right? So, it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, I've done plenty of tests in these places, it doesn't phase me, but just you know, something to consider. Anyway, the at home tests are really good. Make sure you get the Abbott test, that the, the Binax test that is the supervised one, make sure you get the right one. I have a review of it with links at royalhermanblog.com for the at-home COVID test. So I would probably say that's your best, or it's the, it's the easiest one. It, it takes 15 minutes to do. Uh, I think the whole thing is about half an hour because you got to do the little test beforehand. It's proctored, but it's pretty easy. I liked it quite a bit and I would recommend that because I think it's going to be the simplest way. Otherwise, the other option you have, is real. is I would say two weeks before uh, you get to, right before your cruise, you can schedule appointments at CVS uh, CBS six appointments up to two weeks early and that would allow you sufficient time if you were on the ball exactly two weeks early to schedule something and then take a trip over and do that. Uh, I think that would probably be uh, the good recommendation there in terms of travel insurance. Uh, for, for like your Disney world trip, obviously your real Caribbean cruise insurance, uh, will will cover something there on on that. end. I would not recommend double booking insurance, but if you want travel insurance in general for land stuff, there's a lot of companies that are out there and just like car insurance, there's a lot of different coverages and, you know, prices that are out there. Uh, there's a number of websites, Uh, a really popular one is insuremytrip.com which basically is a broker. You go there, you tell them kind of what you're looking for and they spit back out quotes from a couple different companies, you know, uh, travel guard, Allianz, uh, AIG. There's a number of different companies that are out there. And I don't think that I would sit here and tell you that, you know, just blanket, you should book insurance with company A, B or C. I think you got to look at the coverages, the prices, and of course, what your risk tolerances are and kind of go from there. But I would definitely, uh, if you're looking for travel insurance, You would go in that right. Another thing, something else to consider, if uh, if you wanted to, you know, is the um, a lot of times when you book your your trip uh, to a land trip, like you book your airfare or something like that, sometimes they can they'll offer you travel insurance as part of that. But again, read the coverage. The biggest mistake people do with travel insurance, not that they don't buy them, is that they just buy travel insurance blindly and say, "Oh, there's travel insurance," and they just buy it. It's not like flood insurance for your house, where it's just a blanket coverage that. There's no add-ons or anything like that. It's very customized, very personal. Make sure you're covering the scenarios in which you are truly concerned about, like, you know, uh, evac and, uh, you know, quarantine and uh, all those important things. Again, what's important to you, make sure you have that covered. So uh, lots of good options that are out there. And I think you're thinking the right direction just to make sure you have all all, all your boxes checked, so to speak. And our last email this week comes to us from Christina from Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Matt. Thanks for your diligent research and enthusiasm for cruising. I'm enjoying listening to your podcast, though I'm not a well-seasoned cruiser. However, we're booked on a sailing for Allure of the Seas, October 2021, and I'm considering booking a couple spa treatment for my husband and myself. Uh, on the Cruise Planner, I see pricing for services ranging from 190 to $300. Is that a price per person or per couple? For example, the Swedish couple's massage is $190. Does that mean it's $190 for both of us or for $380? When I click through the booking process, it only lets me select one guest attached to the service, which I think the pricing is for two people quickly confirm, Yeah, unfortunately, Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner website is not very good when it comes to things that are for more than one person, like cabanas, Christina. If you book a cabana, you don't select six people on the cabana. It would charge you for six cabanas. You pick one person, whoever the lead is, and you show up with everybody else. Similarly, same thing for the, for the massages, right? If you're doing a couples massage, that's what you do. One thing about the couple's massage, I've done them before. I didn't love it. Um, I think you're just overpaying for it. Um, The idea that you're in the same room together to get your massage is kind of romantic in a sense, but 98% of the time, your head is down on the mat, your eyes are closed. I mean, yes, you could possibly hold hands while you're doing it. Like, I I sound like the old married guy because I am the old married guy, but like, we did it on our honeymoon and it was like, eh, I don't know. I, I think that, let me put it this way, Christina. I think your money is better spent in terms of value for you both booking a massage at the same time, but you know, maybe you want a sweet massage. Maybe he wants a hot rocks massage, uh, you know, or, or, or some other therapy you can customize a little bit more. You're basically paying extra for the privilege of having both of you in the same room. I personally think you're better off just, like I said, booking two separate services. That's just myself. But again, Hey, listen, lovers in love. Who am I? to? uh, to 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 rain on that parade right you want to be in the same room that's fantastic it's a great choice for you as well so hopefully that answers your question thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the royal caribbean blog podcast if you'd like to send your own question in so i can read it on a future podcast episode be sure to send it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com matt m-a-t-t at com. so until next time i'm matt and we'll talk again real soon